Looking to take you and your real estate business to the next level? You're in the right place. Laying foundations for real estate success? This is the No Fluff, No BS podcast about real estate for real estate agents and other industry professionals looking to up their game. Unfiltered short form sales meetings, interviews with agents from every walk of life, and ramble sessions about everything real estate. Welcome to a new mindset. You are listening to Reraw. And now, introducing your host, James Hoff. All right, good morning, good morning, happy Monday. I hope you are all coming off of an absolutely fantastic weekend. Welcome to our Monday morning sales meeting, folks. It is time to play ball, to blitz into a new week and let go of anything that was holding you back so that we can just keep our eyes forward, build positive mindset, positive momentum as we start towards the finish line of 2018, which I guess that that run started a little while ago, but our run into 2019 has already begun. So today, our topic for the day, which we'll get to in just a couple of minutes, is how to prepare for a listing presentation. We are going back to a lot of basics as we wrap up the year because we are starting our business. uh, we're, We're starting to really look at the foundation of our business and make sure that it's solid as we start preparing and getting into everything that we're doing for 2019. So before we do that, let's take a look at our goals and our action plan. We're kind of doing our normal weekly check-in on that. First and foremost, if you've not done any goal setting yet for 2019, it's time. It is absolutely time to do it. You need to get on it. If you need help with your goal setting, there's a couple ways you can do that. The first of which you can go back and listen to episode one. I'll go ahead and put a link in the show notes for you, but episode one talks about how we set goals, why it's important to have three active goals at all times. Uh, You avoid a bit of that complacency. And then we do a deep dive, uh, as much of a deep dive as you can in 20 minutes or less on, on how to structure that, what you should be Uh, looking into the numbers you need to understand to set your goals appropriately. Let's take a look at those journals. If you don't have one, you need to get one. You need to open those journals up and you need to start documenting what your commitments are every single week. Every week, you need to write down that weekly plan of action, how many calls you're going to make, how many doors you're going to knock on, how many letters are you putting in the mail. And then don't forget this next thing. A lot of people forget. It's not just about how many appointments you go on. How many contracts are you going to sign? How many houses are you going to show buyers? How many escrows are you going to open? How many listings are you committed to signing this week? Once you do that, You have now set yourself up where you have a focused plan of action. You can sit there and say, I am committed to making these things happen. What is it that I need to do to achieve those, uh, to achieve that listing appointment, to achieve that signed contract, to achieve whatever, right? And now you have your weekly action plan. Anything that's not working, I want you to just throw it out the window. Get it out of your system and don't beat yourself up about it. We learn from our mistakes. Hopefully, if you're not, now's the opportunity. I invite you to learn from your mistakes and don't look at them as failures. Look at them as uh, lessons learned. Look at it as paying tuition, whatever it may be. And uh, you get back on that horse and, and ride forward. Folks, if you do this every single week, you're never more than a week off track. I really want you to pay attention to who you're surrounding yourself with. What office are you sitting in? Okay. 
A quick shameless plug here because it's really coming up fast, but on November 1st, the ReRaw 100 is launching. If you can see it back here behind me, if you're watching on YouTube, it's reraw.com forward slash 100. Again, that's R-E-R-A-W.com forward slash 100. It's limited to 100 agents. There may be less, but there won't be more. Uh, make sure that you head over to reraw.com if you're looking for that weekly accountability and small group coaching a couple times a month. I just added a quarterly option for you. You can pay $99 uh, for three months and uh, $99 for three months. So 33 bucks a month to get group coaching and uh, weekly accountability and then some other great stuff. So check it out, rerod.com forward slash 100. All right, we got a lot to talk about. Let's rock and roll. Um, how to prepare for a listing presentation. How you prepare sets the tone and it sets the stage for everything that's gonna happen once you show up for the listing presentation. So a lot of people say, hey, if you fail to prepare, then you have prepared to fail. And that that is so very, very true. But the reason you prepare so much more on the front end than most agents often do is because you have to set the stage for the course of events, the, the schedule that's going to take place once you show up to the listing presentation, okay? The listing presentation itself, the way that I choose to run it, it doesn't work this way perfectly for everyone because we all have our own styles, but these are some things that I have tested throughout the years that I have been doing this. This is, we're finishing year number six now, and I gotta tell you, the way that I do my front end preparation completely changed the way that I can close on a, on a listing. And it's increased my close rate significantly. It's allowed me to land more listings than I ever have before. So let's talk about it. Number one, the very first thing that you need to do is pick up the phone and contact your title rep because nothing hurts more when you show up to a listing appointment than a surprise. When you find out that you know there's there's owed child support, there's a mechanics lien on the property. Some of these things you can figure out on the front end by checking out title and making sure that there's no clouds, there's no obstacles, there's nothing that's gonna stand in your way and their way from being able to have a good relationship, list this house and move forward. Now, what if you find a cloud on title? It doesn't mean that you shouldn't take this listing appointment and you shouldn't move forward, but it means that you can now ask them questions about it. You've been you've done preparation on the front end so you know what's coming and what has to be done. All right, so make sure that you contact uh, title about that. The next thing that you wanna do, you need to figure out comparable properties that have recently sold in the last six months or so and you need to figure out a low, a middle, and a high price. Now, some of you are probably thinking, well, James, that's ridiculous. I don't even have a, uh, I, I haven't even seen the house yet. I don't have any idea of the condition. I don't have any idea of any of that stuff. And that's perfectly fine. You don't have to see the home before you start determining what that home could potentially be worth. And the reason is because on the comps, we're not nailing down our specific price. You're doing front-end work, remember. I'm sensitive to the fact that you may not have seen this house yet. Perfectly fine. But what we have to do is make sure that you understand if the house is in garbage shape, what the low end would be, and if the house is in super upgraded shape, what the high end would be, and then you've got your right down the middle, average condition, pretty good, nothing special, nothing terrible kind of range. So now you have your low, middle, and high, okay? It's really, really, really important for you to do this homework on the front end because you wanna know, again, what exactly you're dealing with. But, but to round it out, 
you also need to go online and you need to look up Zillow. You need to look at Redfin. You need to look at any home valuation estimator that they have online. You need to look up Chase. You need to look up on the MLS. A lot of times they provide a a, a range tool for you as well. This is probably what the home is worth, and this is the range that we think it's in. And not you're not looking at this because you're going to rely on it to determine what the price is. You're looking at it because the consumer does not have access to all the things that you do, and you need to make sure that you understand the information and the resources that they've probably been looking at to ensure that uh, you can easily speak to all of it when it comes up in a conversation. You don't want to be blindsided if you find out that their estimate that on whatever site that they were looking at came at $200,000 higher than whatever you found right? You want to, you want to know on the front end, Hey, by the way, I was scouring the internet and I found uh, home values that ranged pretty, pretty dramatically uh, it, it, from, from low to high. And I want to talk about that really quick because in my evaluation and my estimate and the comps that I pulled, we have proof that this, this, and this uh, does not support that, or maybe it does, right? So you need to know what the consumer's looking at because usually that's gonna come up at some point in some way, shape, or form because there's so much traffic that goes to these uh, other third-party sites and because the consumer doesn't have access to the MLS. Okay, the next thing that you really need to do is make sure that you pull up a list of who has listed and sold in the area. So during that time and all the comps, look up the agents who've listed and sold. And then I also want you to look up on the MLS who's, who's actually represented the buy side. And the reason you're going to do this, this isn't something you're going to mail out to them. This, this particular thing you're going to bring with you, but you're going to have a list of every single agent that's listed and or sold a house uh, representing the buyer or the seller to the appointment with you. And the reason you're going to do that is because it's evidence that you've done your research you know who's been active in the area and you're not just going to hope that the perfect buyer walks through the door once the home is listed no way you're going to now say yeah dear mr and mrs seller take a look at this list and you can you can get rid of contact info and all that stuff but don't be intimidated by this you're going to get a list of all the agents that have been doing stuff in the area and you say i'm going to be calling every single one of these agents and letting them know that i've got a house coming up to market before we even hit the mls i'm going to let them know because if they've sold to one or two people they may have more in their arsenal. They just haven't found the right house yet. So I'm going to make sure that they're aware first, given that special privilege on the front end. It goes into my pre-listing marketing, really, really important. And it also shows that you have done your research. So extremely important. You're also going to want, want to contact escrow. If you don't use escrow, whoever uh, the company is or whoever the, the source is that can help identify what the seller's net proceeds are going to be after they sell. Again, this isn't something you're going to mail out to them, but their net sheet is something you are going to bring with you to the presentation. And you should ask escrow or whatever entity you need to uh, get that information from, you should ask escrow to give you the net sheet based on the low, the middle, and the high range that you determined when you ran your comparables. Now, you want to do that because you, you may not know what the seller's payoff amount is, if they still got a loan on the property and all that, but when you want to do this on the front end so that you can be prepared and say, hey, I ran some estimated numbers for you so you can kind of get a rough idea if this financially makes sense for you. How does this look? You know, are there any surprises? Do we need to talk about any of the, the charges, the title fees, the escrow fees, the whatever other fees? 
fees there may be for them, right? If they if they have any inspection fees or like out in California, a lot of times we put termite estimates in there and stuff like that. So you want to make sure that you have their estimated net sheet um, so that they get a, a basic idea of what they could potentially be walking away with. And I try to make sure that these are really aggressive because I would rather err on the side of they don't get as much than be wrong and say they're going to get more and then they walk with less. So anyway, that's the that's another thing you need. Okay, next, something that is very, very crucial. You are going to mail out or door drop a bunch of stuff that is going to arrive no later than a day before you meet. Now, a lot of people say, well, this is ridiculous, James. Why would I do that? I want to showcase myself like once I get to the listing appointment. Here's the deal. When you get to the listing appointment, your entire goal should be first and foremost to set your stuff down and go look at the house with the seller. While you're looking at the house, you're not only making notes about what is so beautiful and what all the what all the opportunities are for you to highlight the upgrades or the floor plan or whatever it may be, but when you're going through the house on that tour at the listing appointment, you really want to start making small talk with the seller. So what have you enjoyed most about the house? What are you, uh, what have you loved about the neighborhood? Tell me more about your family. Tell me about what's going on. Or if it's a difficult situation, the family's separating, you know, what's most important for you out of this sale? What, what can I do best for you? Blah, 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 right? So you want to be able to small talk while you're going through that tour. And so everything that you mail on the front end gets rid of a bunch of information that requires you to sit there at the listing appointment and go, and on the first page of my really big book, here's this. And on the next page of my really big book, here's this. No, like you want to be able to, you want them to be prepared to look at a bunch of stuff on the front end so that you can just be a human being when you're at the listing appointment. So some of the things that you should be mailing out on the front end or dropping on the door. And again, no later than the day before you meet. So this is, they've had at least one night to look it over develop questions, figure out what's good for them. Uh, But you should be sending your full listing presentation, printed, bound, whatever, ahead of time. Everything about the broker, everything about you and your team and whatever you got, you should be sending it out ahead of time. And the reason is because you want them, you're not highlighting the brokerage, you're not highlighting all this other stuff when you get there, you're highlighting you and the value that you bring, right? So show them on the front end how professional and amazing you are by putting that full uh, listing presentation out there. The CMA, the the market analysis, the home valuation that you've done with your range, the low, the middle, and the high, you need to send this out and show all the comparables that support the low, the middle, and the high. You are not putting in the CMA what price they should list at, but don't be intimidated. They, they, they have access to know what stuff sold anyway. So just put it out in front of them and, and note in there, like we'll discuss where your home falls in this later. Like this is just what I've seen. And they, they may say, hey, well, we thought our home was worth way more. Well, we're gonna talk about that. You know, we're gonna talk about that. That's why I wanted to send this ahead of time. Thanks for bringing it up, right? Any magazines that your brokerage prints that you advertise in, you need to send them a copy of it. A sample brochure, you you should always have a floor plan. So send a sample brochure with a floor plan inside of it so they can see your printed marketing. A sample postcard and an announcement that that shows that the house has come to market, right? Just, just listed, just sold, all that stuff. So any sample printed pieces that you do, a sample MLS listing so they know how you typically do things on the MLS. And then you need to purchase their domain. So a lot a lot of people go, oh, well, don't worry, I have a single property you know, site that I do, whatever. You need to go purchase their domain 
and you're going to send them in this in this mailed package on the front end you're going to send them the link so they can see a sample listing site so for example on mine you can go to 123samplestreet.house okay but i always purchase the domain specifically for the property so if their house is like 19 East Main Street, then you're going to buy 19eastmainstreet.com and then you're going to have that forward over to your sample listing site. Here's why. Now when you're in the listing presentation, one of the things you get to do is not only have have they already gone to, you know, 8eastmainstreet.com and seen that they they have like a sample listing page. It doesn't have their house, but a sample of another one you've already sold. But now what you've done is you own that domain. And what I like to do, it's just kind of a little comic relief, I guess. I tell them, hey, even if you don't hire me, I'm going to monetize your sale because I'm going to sell this domain to whatever agent you do hire. It just becomes kind of a funny thing, right? But always purchase their domain. It costs about 10 bucks to do. It's really, really cheap. And uh, it's something you should do for every single one of your listings. But you're going to take all that stuff and you're going to mail it ahead of time. And again, that goes back to the idea that once you arrive at the listing presentation, you now are going to spend your time you know, answering any questions they have about the information that you sent. You're going to spend your time touring the house and then you're going to sit down and go through the actual listing agreement you're going to talk to them about how it all works what you've got and and then eventually focus on just the close right so you want to take all the the fluff and stuff out of the way because you really want to focus on humanity humanizing the the uh, the transaction and the listing process and answer any questions they have and then close 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 while you're there now the takeaway is this. Some people are not ready to list with you immediately. That's okay. If you'd like to do that takeaway approach and really show a boast of confidence, what I recommend you do, they say, hey, we're not signing anything today. No problem. Don't be afraid to leave everything behind. Then what you're going to do is you're going to actually hand over. So you have to have this on the front end. Here are my, my top five competitors. And they could be people that sell the most in that neighborhood, or they could just be agents that you respect that you compete with, right? If I'm going to lose the listing because I know they're going to interview other people anyway, if I'm going to lose the listing, I want to lose it to somebody that I respect. So what I do is I don't show any intimidation and I say, hey, I really would love to close this, blah, blah, blah. They say, well, no problem. We'll just talk in a few days. Great. Then I'll follow up and I'll, I'll pound them on that, right? But if they say, hey, we, we really want to interview a few other agents, then I go, awesome. Well, you know what? I respect that. Most people don't. I think you're doing the right thing. If you're going to interview any other agents, I'm not sure who you have in mind. Would love to know. So you can ask that question. But you can also say, uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and refer you uh, to these five agents or these three agents. I highly recommend that you, uh, that you interview them. If you're not going to work with me, I want you to work with someone who can represent you well and I have confidence in their abilities and, uh, and whatever, right? Now, what you're doing is telling them, no, I'm still good. I still think that I'm the right hire, but I want to make sure that I protect your best interest and you land in good hands no matter what. And these guys are good. They don't do everything that I do, but they're pretty good agents, okay? So the moral of the story, do as much preparation on the front end as you can. The more you prep for a listing presentation, the smoother the actual presentation itself goes. And then you don't have to be stuck turning pages to this book for two hours what, that they're ultimately going to get bored of, okay? Control the process so that at the end you have the highest likelihood of closing. It takes a lot of front-end preparation, but you, you're just, the more you do on the front-end, the more humanized you can make that approach, 
while you're at the actual listing appointment. Folks, that's all I got for you today. I very, very, very much appreciate you taking your business seriously enough to be in a learning mode, to be constantly looking how uh, to better yourself so that you can better your business, so that you can be there for your clients because your clients are your business and this business is personal. Make sure you remember something. Real agents work. You absolutely have to be one of them. You guys have a fantastic week. I look forward to uh, seeing you next week. And uh, thanks again, as always, for tuning in.